Good morning, Flagler County, and welcome to Veterans on Point, a WNZF radio show developed in mind for our county's beloved and respected veterans population and anyone else listening via internet or podcast. I'm your host, David Lydon, the Flagler County Veterans Services Officer, and naturally I'm here with my friend and colleague at the office, Eric Flores. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Dave, and good morning to all our listeners out there. I hope that everybody's doing well health-wise and enjoying the fine uh, weekend, the fine hot weather. I still love it. It is Florida. I yes. keep hearing people complain about no, the hot weather. Don't oh, do this, that. This is the hottest summer no, ever. No. I, I hear that every year. Put your shorts on. <laughs> your shirt, you know. And, you know, we're blessed. We have AC inside the houses here. You know, you're not just like home. Yeah, I don't know. It's never been a secret. No, Florida's no. hot. <clears throat> okay, so um, we have some guests in the studio today, and we'll get to their uh, their message here uh, after our uh, routine part of the program. But we have Stefan Weeks from the Department of Veterans Affairs. He's a suicide prevention counsel, uh, coordinator. And uh, Shay Vela is also from the VA, and she's a community engagement and partnership coordinator. Welcome, you two. Good morning, guys. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having us. <clears throat> yes, thank sure. you. So, uh, you know, if you like, if you like chiming in at, at all uh, between uh, now and the time we finally get to you, um, feel free to do so. But we like to, uh, uh, Stefan and and uh, Shay, we like to talk and welcome our legal loyal listeners who are out there, like Billy Jones from the U.S. Army. He's, he's the leader of the legal lawyer, loyal listeners and his uh, lovely wife, Joe. Good morning, guys. And, of course, I always hear from Billy. Then there's uh, Navy Master Chief Dan and his wife, Kay. Shipmate. They're Good doing morning. A, they're doing a lot better. Oh, yes. And, of course, I, I saw Jeff in this week, uh, Marine uh, Corps uh, Jeff Kingdon, who's our woodworker, supplies all kinds of uh, plaques for our uh, veterans at the assisted living facilities and for the different ceremonies that we have, wooden plaques that uh, say thank you for your service or or just commemorate uh, different uh, military organizations. And so, Jeff of course, is doing the, a great job. He does do a great oh, yes. job. Jeff, I know we have an, uh, we're working with a glitch of the email, but uh, you got my, my personal yeah, email. You can send it to me. Jeff keeps trying to email us. And yes. It keeps, it keeps uh, disappearing for some reason. Well, then we got Talking Tom, who's the commander of the VFW now, and Charlie Hanger, who's the 2022 uh, veteran of the year and his wife jenny who listened and then we've got trent and valerie and and dennis who's over there at the dav with earl presley doing the guitars for vets all right That's dennis bird and we've got sharon and shane and norman and howard and his wife valerie and william and his wife holly and keith and jim and Stephen, james heather kelly rudolph thomas and leon and so many more who listen we thank you for being loyal listeners thank you guys and as you know, the Palm Coast Observer is nice enough each week to put a Veteran of the Week in their pages. And uh, I've been supplying those for about a year and a half now. So, But we do encourage uh, the readers and folks here in Palm Coast and Flagler County to help out and submit and, and nominate your Veteran of the Week. You know, Contact the Palm Coast Observer through news at Observer Local News. Send in a couple pictures, a uniform picture and a current picture, and a bio of your favorite veteran, and their picture can get in there. But this week's veteran is Kenneth R. Bohm. His branch of military was the United States Army. He served from 1970 to 1971, was drafted. 
He was a military policeman, and when he separated from the military, he was a specialist for. He's originally from North Babylon, New York, which is Long Island. Uh, Kenneth Bohm is a combat veteran of the Vietnam War. He's the recipient of the Vietnam Service Medal, the Republic of Vietnam Campaign Medal, the National Defense Service Medal, and the Good Conduct Medal. After his honorable service to his country, Bohm was hired by Grumman Aerospace Corporation in Long Island, New York, and was trained as a quality control inspector. He was, he was proud to inspect what he says is still his favorite aircraft, the U.S. Navy's F-14 Tomcat. Bohm and his wife Eileen, of 35 years, moved to Palm Coast in 1998, where Bohm continued to work for Northrop Grumman in St. Augustine, Florida. Now retired, Bohm likes to enjoy the fruits of his labor and the benefit of being able to take walks at Flagler Beach with his golden retriever. So, Kenneth, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, speaking of not Veteran of the Week, but Veteran of the Year, the Flagler County Veteran of the Year nomination uh, period is open still till 30 September. So if you have a favorite relative, neighbor, coworker who is a veteran, served honorably, they're doing great stuff here in Flagler County uh, serving their community, nominate them. And um, get a hold of us, uh, either Eric or me, at Flagler County Veterans Services at 386-313-4014. And we'll email you the nomination instructions. Again, you have till 30 September. The Veteran of the Year will be announced at the, at the uh, Flagler County Veteran, uh, Veterans Day Ceremony, which is going to be on Saturday, November 11th. That's going to be a big day, too, and we'll be talking about that from now until it happens because we're going to have a parade yes. for the first time in a long time. It's going to be start, a great day. It's going to start down there at the old uh, uh, City Hall in Bunnell and come east on 100, finish at the, at the Government Services Building where we will have our Veterans Day ceremony and then a big picnic. So uh, everybody's, uh, everybody is welcome to take part in that. And so there's going to be a website. It's uh, going to hopefully come online next week. Not sure what the if it's going to be a .com or a .org yet, but it's going to be Flagler Veterans Parade. And so when that's uh, ready, that's where you will uh, apply to be in the parade or you'll find out more about the day's events. So stay tuned for that. Now we transition to our... Uh, history remembered on Veterans on Point, of course you know, as regular listeners. We like to mention a historic event from each of the days of our broadcast week. We hope it gives you something to remember, something to think about, go back and read more about on that uh, phone that you carry in your pocket. Billy likes to do that. Yeah, Billy, Billy does not use the phone and <laughs> look up history. Uh, vet, veterans make history, largely responsible, responsible for us being able to have a history. We mentioned the good, the bad, and the weird. No one country or people is perfect, but there is no better place on earth. The world is safer and more prosperous because of the United States of America. Prove me wrong. Amen. It has not. Nobody's stepped up no. to prove me wrong since I've been saying that. The phones are not ringing. Here is our history for 27 August through the 2nd of September. And uh, I know uh, one of our guests here is uh, lives up near Jacksonville or in Jacksonville. So this one, you know, pay attention to. So when... August 27, 1900, a case of yellow fever. U.S. Army physician James Carroll allowed an infected mosquito to feed on him at an attempt to isolate the means of transmission of yellow fever. 
Carroll developed a severe case of yellow fever, helping his colleague, Army pathologist Walter Reed, prove that mosquitoes transmit this often deadly disease. Prior to these findings, epidemics of yellow fever were common in the American South, uncertain of how the disease was transmitted. Many people would leave the South for the summer, the season in which the epidemics were most common, returning after the first frost. During the 1888 yellow fever epidemic in Jacksonville, Florida, the government offered railroad transportation out of the area. The Jacksonville epidemic began in the Mayflower Hotel, which was condemned and ordered burned to the ground, according to Mr. Hawley. Many remedies were tried, such as burning barrels of tar in the streets to disinfect the air and spraying of mixture of copper, sulfur, and lime in the homes of the infected. Even doctors were at a loss for the means by stopping the spread of yellow fever. In 1939, interview uh, with Ruby Beach, uh, Miss Skull remembered that during the Jacksonville epidemic, Dr. Wiley, president of the Board of Health, warned her and her sister not to go into the room with, her, with their ill mother. The surest possible way for you to get the fever is to go near her bed. He warned her sister, astonished the doctor by reporting, I've slept there two nights and I'm all right. So did anybody know that? Mm-hmm. There you go. You learned a little bit of history. Absolutely. August 28, 1963, Civil Rights March in Washington. On this day in 1963, some 200,000 people marched on Washington, D.C., an event that became a high point of the Civil Rights Movement, especially remembered for the famous I Have a Dream speech of Martin Luther King, Jr., On August 29, 2005, New Orleans is hit by Hurricane Katrina. On this day, Hurricane Katrina struck the U.S. Gulf Coast and devastated the area, especially New Orleans, which experienced catastrophic flooding after its levees were breached the following day. August 30, 1967, Thurgood Marshall is confirmed by the U.S. Senate to become the first African-American justice of the Supreme Court. August 31, 2001, the last original episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood airs, and Fred Rogers hosted that show for 895 episodes uh, over 31 years. So the song of the day to end our program is going to be the uh, theme song from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> so if one. you remember that when you were a kid listening to it or you were a parent who had your kids listening to it, uh, I hope it brightens your day because uh, – he was a he was a, a very simple and nice guy. On September first, nineteen fifty two, Life magazine published Ernest Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea, his last major work of fiction. It was also released as a book, and in nineteen fifty three, it won a Pulitzer Prize. How many of you were required to read that in school? Yep. Okay, there you go. <laughs> At least uh, two out of two out of four. Two out of four. <laughs> Not you? Uh, wasn't required for pleasure, I read it. Okay, very good. So three quarters. On uh, September 2nd, 1945, besides being my birthday, not, not in 45, <laughs> but uh, September 2nd, aboard the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay, Japan, formally surrenders to the Allies, bringing an end to World War II. By the summer of 1945, the defeat of Japan was a foregone conclusion. The Japanese Navy and the Air Force were destroyed. The Allied naval blockade of Japan and intensive bombing of Japanese cities had left the country and its economy devastated. At the end of June, the Americans captured Okinawa, a Japanese island from which the Allies would launch an invasion of the main Japanese home islands. U.S. General Douglas MacArthur was put in charge of the invasion, which was codenamed Operation Olympic and set for November 1945. And so one more thing before we talk to our guests 
and that is uh, the point where our friend uh, Joe Jones will run out of the room because she doesn't like me saying, drivers, 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 the DAV is seeking volunteer drivers to take veterans from their homes to their VA appointments. And uh, you don't have to use your own vehicle um, because the DAV does have VA vehicles. And so you do have to, uh, to become a volunteer, you do have to be vetted, you do have to be insurable. It's a worthy endeavor to help veterans get to their VA appointments. And we have some Department of Veterans Affairs people here. I know they agree with us how important it is to get our beloved veterans down to our appointments. So, um, And that is where we're going to stop, and we're going to come back to our guests. And so uh, I know, Stefan, you wanted to go first. Yes, thank you. And so we're going to have, with Veterans Services and the VA, we're going to have a, um, an awareness booth out in front of the government services building on september 7th and it's all because we're going to be talking about what stefan suicide prevention one of the top clinical priorities for the va uh, my name is stefan weeks i'm an lcsw i work with the va been with them about 10 years been with suicide prevention about four years and i want to speak today a little bit about veterans crisis line that is a 24-hour seven-day-a-week telephone number that veterans may call whenever they're in need of assistance. Veterans, families, friends, anyone who has a concern for themselves or for a veteran and they want to see that they get help and assistance that they deserve. Uh, That number is 988. That number was changed to a three-digit number about a year ago to make it much easier for everyone to remember how to access assistance. So again, that number is 988. And when you call that number, it goes to a national call center and they will listen to the veteran, they will assist them with the immediate crisis, and they will offer assistance moving forward and give them the option of somebody like myself giving them a follow-up call for the region in which they live in. So uh, I cover North Florida, South Georgia, uh, which of course Flagler County is a part of, and my team that I'm a part of has about 14 of us that are assigned to follow up with these veteran crisis line calls. And these calls can range from anything about concerns about depression, anxiety, uh, thoughts of suicide. It can also be about concerns about financial needs, housing, daily stresses, all those areas that the VA has staff that is qualified and trained to assist veterans address their needs. Um, And that is what the main purpose of that 988 number is, is to make sure that they get those needs met for all they have done for us and for our country. And like you said, Stefan, that, that number is not just for veterans because family members, friends who are concerned about veterans uh, can use that for guidance on how to get that veteran to come for help, right? Correct, correct. Let me ask you a question, uh, uh, Stefan. We have a veteran, a non-veteran, call that phone number. If it's a veteran, of course, uh, it will be directed if they leave an area to you. Uh, so if it's a... Uh, Give me a specific case, what you do after you talk to them. What happened after that point? Because I have a lot of veterans, I mean, not a lot of veterans, a few veterans that have called uh, in stress and say, yeah, did you call that national? Yeah, I did. And they transferred me to another guy and they were, nobody called me back. Uh, can you explain this a little bit after you received that call? Uh, so what would happen is they call the national line. They have to give permission for us to follow up with them. Okay. Um, if they decline us following up, then we do not follow up unless it was a situation in which a uh, 
law enforcement or a first responder, uh, like a fire rescue type situation, had gotten involved, and then we become involved regardless of the consent um, to make sure that everything's okay after the fact of the emergency. But in general, a consent has to be given for us to follow up with them, and then we would contact them, make attempts to reach out to them to help them get what services they're looking for, whether that's mental health, whether that's just a regular primary care appointment with the VA, or if it's uh, struggles that they're having reaching certain specialty clinics perhaps, we help them uh, get in touch with those services. Okay, so you guide them to call, let's say, a primary care physician or another social worker in the clinic or any clinic, uh, uh, and do you follow with just a veteran or follow with the clinic? Do you call this person? We call the veteran directly. Directly. Yes. Very good. Okay. All right, uh, thanks. Uh, where does Ms. Shea fit into all this? So I come into play, so suicide prevention used to just be our uh, on the clinical side within um, the VA. Um, and they had a lot of other uh, tasks other than just responding to the crisis line. But, but they're more geared towards that clinical veteran face-to-face. Um, but what we were finding is while the VA was expanding all of our programs in suicide prevention, we weren't touching the veterans that really needed it. So uh, 65% of veterans that were dying by suicide were either not enrolled in the VA or had not been to the VA in over two years. So they, that's where they started, okay, we've got to – how do we touch these veterans that are not coming into the VA? And that's when they created the Community Engagement and Partnership Program um, It started as a pilot program on the West Coast about two years ago, and in the North Florida, South Georgia um, VA, we hired our first, we call us CECPs because our title is very long, Uh, and um, we hired our first person in October. There's a total of four of us that cover the North Florida, South Georgia uh, catchment area. I cover uh, Nassau County, Duval County, Clay County, Baker County, Union, St. John's and Flagler and Putnam. So that that's the the areas that I cover and then I have three counterparts that that break up the rest of our counties. And really it, it it's a it's a very different program than anything that I've ever seen in the VA before. So I've worked for the VA for almost about 10 years now um, as a clinical licensed social worker. And I've done a, a, quite a few different roles. I've worked as in the mental health as counselors. I've worked in inpatient medical. Um, and, I've worked, and I've had the unique experience of working at several different VAs across the United States. And there's always this joke that if you've been to one VA, you've been to one VA because every VA kind of does it a little bit differently. Um, and then I also have a unique perspective because being a veteran myself, I get my care. Um, from the VA. No, we didn't ask about that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, um, you're a veteran too. Very good. Yes. Uh, I did my time with the Washington state national guard as a combat medic and, uh, combat medic in the California national guard. So you went to Fort Sam. I did. I was in 91. Yeah. Back in the day. Deployed. I, I did not deploy. Um, so I was, I was stateside, uh, most of the time. Uh-huh. So um, I was attached to a, a medical unit, and so we did a lot of the uh, pre-deployment processing. Okay. Great. And um, so what I love about this new program is traditionally the VA is, is a, a much more reactive um, and so they will come in with a new program and say, okay, we're going to do A, B, and C, and we're going to try and spread it across 
everywhere and and see how it works. This program is very much like, okay, we understand that each community is very different and has very different needs. And so we really want to get the uniqueness of each community. And so for the first time, so when I go into a community that I'm um, going into, the first question I ask is, what do you need me to do? Where are the gaps? Where are the things that you need help with? Um, And then I kind of essentially do what we call a landscape analysis and connect with the the people in the community, and we really build relationships. So tailor your program to the needs of that specific community. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, And that's so much more preventative because, you know, when we think of suicide prevention, we think of, when we're in that emergency situation where someone is suicidal and, you know, at that point, the the sad reality is we just don't have a lot of resources, uh, especially here in Florida, in the community. Um, There's just a lack of providers in general. And so... If we're catching everywhere, yeah, everywhere. I mean, everywhere. It's it's it. But Florida specifically, mm-hmm. we we unfortunately just don't have a lot of providers comparatively to other areas. And so, what we're we were you know kind of looking at is is like okay, so how do we then engage these communities and and catch it so that we're not catching it at the emergency, we're catching it down uh, or what we call upstream. Um, and the two kind of things that we found specifically that led you down that trail to eventually potentially turning into a crisis and emergency is isolation, lack of purpose, and and, and oh, loneliness. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, every time. Every time. So, tell, how is how is the virtual mental health program? Is that is that uh, being receptive? Is that receptive to the veterans? Is that working for veterans? Do veterans find it not not uh, you know? personal enough or is it working so the interesting thing is is that there is kind of this idea of because like you're saying florida doesn't have enough so if mm-hmm. they have they have a uh you know a, a lot of mental health workers uh, you know up in new york or virginia and mm-hmm. they could do it you know virtual is that helping or yes yeah, so i so and that's and, but it's changing the mindset. So the one thing um, that COVID did is because it did make everything virtual, mm-hmm. people had to kind of try it out. And what we've actually kind of found is once they have tried it out, now they're still going to be um, the people that prefer to be in person. And as much as possible, we try and accommodate that. Um, but especially for our veterans that are in rural counties, getting to those appointments that and and the transportation piece of it can be so difficult that they prefer. Um, actually the virtual well because of the shortage i would i would recommend to any veteran who wants to talk to somebody is to try at least try it out a couple times Mm -hmm. because um just just being able to talk get it off your chest even if it's to a counselor on the on the computer that's going to be that's going to be helpful you'll get you'll find you'll get used to it you'll get used to it and and that's better than saying, well, if I can't t- uh, talk to somebody in person, I'm just going to sit here and not mm-hmm. not get it off my chest. So try it, please, you know. Yeah, and that – the virtual piece is really good. And the VA has really expanded its virtual. So a lot of veterans don't know that they can actually receive um, a tablet in the mail um, with its own um, kind of, I guess, phone plan that mm-hmm. the VA pays for so they can access those telehealth right. services. Right. You can't, you can't ask for more than that. Who's <laughs> – that's that's excellent. 
But I had something just uh, – we're down to two minutes, so I just want to ask you a, a quick question about um, uh, what do you guys know about this, the psychedelic therapy? I think last, last year the VA uh, – there was an article that the VA was returning to experiment with that. Do you have any, any knowledge of that? Do you guys talk about that or do you just stay away from that subject? <laughs> nothing, nothing with the psilocybin or the MDMA or – all right. So that's what? That's just experimental? I think it's still in the research phase. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I keep hearing, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, you know, with different health experts, and and uh, supposedly there's a lot of, you know, of course, under strict supervision, not going out and experimenting with uh, mushrooms yourself or microdosing, but uh, hopefully in the future, there, you know, there's something that comes out of that that can help people because, you know, because of the lack of purpose, because of the lack of faith, because of all that stuff, there's a lot of hurting people out there. And, um, and and because of the stresses of combat and mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah, I would encourage people. I mean, the, the nice thing is is that there's always new research coming out, and there's always, I would say that this push um, to to try new things. And and, uh, and obviously, I, I'm glad that the VA is is researching it, so we can see if it is effective or not. But mm-hmm. honestly, what I would really encourage is getting back out there and making connections. And that's really one of the things that I've been working on within the communities is getting people back together. So one of the things that veterans have been talking about is they don't have social groups, but they don't know how to start them. Well, they're there. They're there. <laughs> they're there. <laughs> they're there. It's about getting your your butt off the couch, get out of the house, and go to those social groups and stop you know, playing with your phone. Um, there, there's groups out there. A lot. But yeah. some of those groups got to, you know, and, they, and the, I know the American Legion has, you know, buddy checks and stuff like that. Reach out. Find those vets who are, you know, who are kind of uh, isolating themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a community effort. It's, it's an effort on your own part to get some help, all those kinds of things. So, and I know you, you two folks are a big part of that, and I'm glad you were in here today. And we're going we're gonna to have them. They're going to be out in front of the government services building with us on September 7th between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Um, so come out, look at, uh, come talk to us, uh, pick up some resources, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. But we're down uh, to our closing part. So, Stefan and, and uh, Shay, thanks for being here again. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. And so this is the part where we say no country – And no state, no community does more for veterans than the United States of America, the great and free state of Florida, the wonderful Flagler County, the lovely city of Palm Coast, and all of our beautiful beach cities. We ask you to be a victor, not a victim. Be educated, not indoctrinated. And most importantly, be kind to someone today or many someones today. Amen. Thank you very much. And uh, come out and see us all September 7th in front of the Government Services Building from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right, guys. We'll see you next Until week. Till next week. Thanks again, folks. Thanks, guy. Bye, bye.
beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hi, television neighbor. I'm glad we're together again.